Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is uh, Springtime Dan this week, <laughs> for no particular reason. And uh, with me, as always, is springtime happiness, blossomy, flowery, rainy, cobbly, cold, windy, Sarah. How are you, Sarah? Oh, you know, outside my window, it's classic spring classics weather. Classic spring right. classics, that's a bit That's a bit too many classics. So, and so it's, what, like it's... minus two and, and hailing or something? Yeah, yeah, basically, it's, it's that kind of rain where it comes at you from every direction at once, yep. including from below which is impossible and it makes you completely soaked through by the time you've walked out but when you're looking out <laughs> someone don't doesn't look that bad yeah <laughs> and it's cold and it's windy and you find yourself leading into leading into the wind and you know why that's wonderful because the weather from here will travel across to belgium and this weekend the spring classics start Indeed, but before we get into detail on that we should probably actually catch you up on uh the track classics that have just taken uh, place Track, well, yeah, we've got, we've had, I mean, I thought the cyclocross season was over, but it turns out it wasn't because there was one last race, the Sudal Classics in Leuven, and that was won by Katie Compton. Um, I don't know if it's her first European victory this season, but there's this really cute video where someone asks her about, you know, and obviously you didn't do so well at Worlds, did you, Katie? And she's like, yeah, but I've kind of given up on that. <laughs> I just don't worry about it anymore. Well, like a couple of, I'm getting older. A couple of years ago, <laughs> it's it's the thing that you, no one was ever able to accuse Katie of not speaking her mind. So you know, I really like it. Like yeah. having a. I mean, obviously, the thing for Katie Compton, if you don't know cyclocross, dear listener, is that um, she was she's always been like one of the top top riders, and she's super super strong. But she's always found it very hard to, to to translate that well she's never been able to win world championships yeah and i think and part of it's been an emotion you know, a mental thing and i kind of feel like maybe maybe you know maybe maybe that would be kind of this ironic thing wouldn't it if she kind of has given up on trying to win it oh you know i'll just go out and do my best and enjoy and it, what is what it is and, and then she wins comes together yeah yeah it is yeah, it's, it's it, one of those ones that um i think also for cyclocross it's um, you know, there are so many variables and I, I guess arguably her, her best opportunity was uh, a couple of years ago when Worlds was in Louisville. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, and, stuff. She, and I think, did she have a mechanical that race? I can't remember, but you know, she, she wasn't, she wasn't going to win it anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so she won at Lurvin, so. Yeah, she won at Leuven, the last, it really was the last race, so sorry, I feel like I'm going to be saying this for the next six months. Oh, yes, I thought the race was over, but, 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 we know that the season is starting um, very soon, um, in this weekend, so, oh my god, classics! Um, we also had the Track World Cup in Cali, in in Colombia, um, we said this last year, but this year's Track World Cup has been really fucking bizarre. It's four races in total, but, but two races are like two races each are within like a, a week block yeah yeah which i, I don't I, I i sort of get it and i don't get it and mostly i don't get it so yeah and then it's like ages away from world championships and yep. you know again i've said this before i'll say this always that i i really really long for the days when the when the when the track when the track world championships were earlier on in the season so that a rider like kirsten Field didn't have to decide between uh racing in 
in um uh in, in the track and racing the classics because it did used to be possible now they can't so you know we're never going to get your mariana Voss going back to the track in in that in that respect because it's just it's just too much um it's also interesting looking at who's not there um i'd be wondering why, why laura why laura trot now laura kenny is not riding and that's because she's pregnant right um Look, I'm not going to pretend that I have the definitive uh, list of acceptable reasons, but I feel like that would definitely be on the list of acceptable reasons. Yeah, you know what? When I first heard it, I thought, her, she's 24. That's very young. That's young for a professional athlete to have a baby. And then I was thinking, it's actually quite clever because if she wants to win another load of Olympic gold medals, if she has a baby in the post-Olympic year, Mm. um, you know, gets pregnant, has a baby in the post-Olympic year, um has her maternity year it for 20 your maternity leave year yeah. for 2018 sorry americans we have that kind of thing in, in everywhere else in the world <laughs> i know but true um so she has her maternity leave year for 2018 then she can come back and start an olympic campaign in 2019 and race in 2020 yeah so if you wanted to have three kids having your first child at 24 and then your second child at 28 and your third child at 32, for example, and that's, you know, if, if everything goes right with your fertility and your, your child planning, that's actually the way that you can have three children. <laughs> I mean, she kind of started when she was 28, I yeah, guess. I, you know, I'm, but, I'm but, also just a little bit tripped up on why you've decided on the number three. That's curious, but it's for a very different podcast. So um, anyway, yeah. King, congrats, <laughs> so, to, so, congrats to Laura Kenny on, uh, on her news. Yes. Yes. Um, so in the in the Track World Cup, Christina Vogel was the dominant sprinter. Just awesome. She won the Kieran. She won the team sprint with Miriam Velter, and she won the um, won 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 the won the won the women's sprint. Um, she made it look completely easy, to be honest. And wow. it was quite fun because. Christina Vogel, if you don't know her, she's a, she's a German sprinter. And you might remember her at the Olympics where in her final sprint race, where she won the gold, the gold, um, the, the gold medal, she'd raced so hard that in the final straight, her saddle had broken. Yes. Mm. And so she kind of crossed the line and then you could, and she couldn't do a victory lap because <laughs> her saddle's broken. Well, it, it's hard to sit and coast on the on the top tube. It's true. So. Oh, oh, well, oh, 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 it's awful. So yeah, so um, but Christina Vogel is a very, 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 very popular rider, and she's especially popular for some reason in the in the South American um races. You know, when it's in Cali and Aguas Calientes, uh, and and Central America when it's in Aguas Calientes, and she's just a really lovely personality. She's really great to follow on Twitter. She's she's just some riders when you're in the tr- in track scenarios just just project a personality that's really fun yeah. to watch even though they're on the track for such a short amount of time um gregory Boget, the uh is is the kind of classic the the, the french rider is a classic one at this where he you know even when he was racing in england in in british velodromes he still can get the crowd completely on the side just through the force of his personality even though he's had like a year off from missed t- tests and stuff, he's just he's just one of those personalities that's just shining. And Christina Vogel, in a very different way, like he just demands your he demands your love and ador- ad- adulation. <laughs> and hell, hell yes, Gregory, I'll give it to you. And um, <laughs> I'm so wrong. I don't mean it like that. Oh my god, this this is entirely too revealing a conversation already. <laughs> like... 
Anyway, so Christina Vogel had a great, great track world cup. She did. Um, it was also like we also got to see the new iteration of the Omnium because in the past the Omnium was six rounds, mm. um, which were three were bunch races and three were um, timed events. But they kind of because one of them because the first one was a flying lap, the second one was a five hundred meters. Um, it kind of you had to be able to sprint to win the Omnium, yeah. Yep. And so you'd have a ride like Kirsten Field would be very good at the flying lap because it's starting from a standing start. It's starting from a rolling start, and actually that very short, very high power is something you need as a sprinter, right? But but you know if you're a sprint, if you're a road racer, if you're your Yoli Dora, uh, Kirsten Field, those kind of riders, you're less good at the at the sprint things. So they've changed the Omnium, and and this was a problem because in the Olympic program you have the team pursuits, um, which is kind of for endurance riders, but not really, you know, but it's not yeah. really. It's a kind of it's, it's a middle thing. Uh, you had the um, sprint, the Kirin, and the team sprint, which are sprint events, and then you didn't have anything that's for the, uh, you know, for the for the for the endurance riders right. so they've rejigged the omnium it's now four races the scratch race which is basically you all ride around together and the first one across the line wins um roughly you have the tempo race which is a race i've never heard of but basically you ride around uh, the, the, the 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 track and there's like every lap the first person across the line gets points right it's a bit confusing. The yeah. elimination race, where you ride around the track, and every two laps there's a sprint, and the person who crosses the line last is eliminated from yeah, the race. Yeah, which makes sense because I have to admit the tempo race sounds like the points race, which confuses the shit out of me. So yeah, the difference is is that the points race, the sprint laps are every ten laps. Yeah. Or twenty? So, oh god, I can't even remember. So every ten or twenty laps, and you um and and so there's time in between to kind of do things. But the yeah. tempo race is it's, it's every, every lap. lap or yeah. every other lap. But I don't know. I used to be able to describe all of these races in like one tweet, and I used to be able to describe the Omnium yeah, in one but tweet. There, but I can't fair, anymore. Well, and I don't think that's really your fault. They changed all the races, so. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's but it's, but it's been fun. It's it's been fun to watch. Yep. Um, this one was this one was won by Lottie Kopecky from um, Belgium, who just was fantastic. Nice. She was like first in the tempo and for and 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 did really you know did 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 amazingly well in the points. I think you know, not not quite the highest score in the points, but very good in the points. Um, sec- second was Emily Nelson from Great Britain, who I always cheer for because I remember her as a really strong junior, a junior world champion. But I also remember her a couple of. Years years back where she was injured and she didn't know if she'd ever ride again and i met her at when the national championships were in wales yep and i chatted to her and she was just you know at the time she was very young and she didn't know whether she'd be able to continue in her career or not and there she was cheering for all her teammates and all her friends you know gutted for, she was gutted because she's welsh and she was like hoping that you know wanting to do well on welsh soil but she was still out there with her friends rather than hiding from it yeah and third place Rochelle Barbieri the Italian now Barbieri has having a really fantastic season she came second in one of the races in Australia um behind her teammate Kirsten Field and now she's third in in the Omnium in the track world cup and and that's that's a real step up for her and you know it's a kind of it's a 
you know, I'm glad, I'm really happy for her because, you know, it, she's, she's only she's only 20. She was second in stage tour of the Santos Women's Tour. She was seventh in the race Melbourne Crit. She's a yep. sprinter and tracking. And yeah, so if you're making, this is probably too late because the deadline's today, but if you're making your um, uh, Podium Cafe Virtual Director Sportif team, chuck in Barbieri because why not? She'll have like, she'll cost like one point. And yeah, definitely follow her. So yeah, so that was interesting. I I didn't really, didn't really, you know, the the, the omnium still hard for me. The omnium still hard for me. And then the other races, the points race was won by Amy Cure. Yep. Australia ahead of Amy of Sarah Hammer, and then Sarah Hammer had won the scratch race. Right. Cool. So yeah, so Track World Cup. The next one is this weekend in Cali. In Los, sorry, it's gone from Cali, Colombia to California. Yes. As we go to Los Angeles, Los Angeles, and we'll um, see. Yeah, we'll. Um, mm. It's the it's the last round. It's um, when we'll when we'll see all the Hollywood elite turn out to to watch trackside with uh, <laughs> bated breath. Uh, and... I wish. Which Hollywood elite would you have um, going to bike? If you could, if you could draft a Hollywood elite into a being a woman cycling fan, who would you do? Oh, what a terrible question. Um. Um, oh, I I can't even think of anyone that I would, like, want from... Like, the only pop culture icon that I'd want to get into women's cycling would be Beyonce. <laughs> oh, what, you mean Blue Ivy? Because Blue Ivy grows up to be, like, a, a cycling world champion. Or just Beyonce just decides that this is her sport and she gets behind it. Like, I would be totally on board with that. Like, yeah, Absolutely. Um, so Hollywood just has no meaning to me when that's my dream. Like when, when no, no, in... no, you've got to come. Up, you've got to come up. There must be there must be one person in Hollywood you like. Um, this man did a film degree, people. So well, technically, no. Uh, it was radio and TV. Film was like a, a minor study. Um, oh. this man studied film at university, people. Yeah. But that's why I'm not impressed by anybody. Like, eh, this is this is a this is. A, a Let's come back to that. I will ask you your question. Hollywood. Yeah. I will ask you your Hollywood elite um, question later on in the podcast. So yeah, so that was the Track World Cup. Um, but 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 but, oh, noise blood on Saturday. Oh my god. <laughs> It's, it's <laughs> the classics are here, Dan. They're amazing and awesome, and I am so 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 excited. Particularly because I don't know about you, but for me, the start of the road season this year has just felt a bit stilted and off. I felt really out of um, kilter and like like out of sequence because without Qatar to sort of anchor the Australian races to the European races, I've just there's been this yeah. gap, and it's. You know, and like we've always enjoyed Qatar, even though Qatar itself is deeply problematic, etc. But like, I've really felt its absence. Like, I've just needed something in there, and there's not been anything there. I mean, I know we've had plenty of cross and track and stuff going on, but for me, there's been this big bit of road missing. And so now, I'm normally excited when the classics start, anyway. But now I'm just like, yes, finally, it feels like everything's back in order and and you know, right with the universe again. 
<laughs> yeah yeah i i i yes i i know exactly what you mean because i, I mean i normally love Qatar. i mean you know obviously it's it's actually quite a good weight off my mind because i always like have that especially as you find more and more things out about qatar and the you know the football world cup the football um stadium being built and stuff i i think yen's you know talking to my friend yen's about this about how we can't like Qatar is just really difficult because you simultaneously love the love the racing, love yep. what racing symbolizes, but at the same time you don't want to be supporting a race in Qatar of all places, Qatar in all places. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's it's really really hard, and and I don't and it, and so it's kind of like oh well you know I never have to solve that problem because they've sorted it by by cancelling the race. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good. No, I'm not. I mean, it's never oh good that a race is 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 got read of sometimes. But you know, actually, I'm not going to cry over Qatar, Qatar because it's, you know, it's yeah, it's it's problematic, man. To use a to use a modern yeah, term. Yeah, and it is deeply so. But anyway, so um, so yeah, I mean, I always welcome uh the omloop anyway because it's a great and fun race and it sort of marks the start of the classic so it's got that that special sort of position but it's it's really really welcome to me this year and you know it's going to be a strong and and um competitive race and by the sounds of it the the forecast is horrendous <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't be sounding so happy i might be going to it you know i don't know um it's like you well know when you, i when, hope when i hope mate says <laughs> i hope rain from the ground drenches you <laughs> um, yeah if, I, hopefully i'll be going there in my um luckily i've got my um uh, big bobble hat uh world champion stripes hat and i can <laughs> promise you i am not funded or got that for, i bought it with my own money god damn it yeah <laughs> but i'm trying to decide whether i take my big bobble hats a uh, world championship stripes or take vick's belgian champions belgian big bobble hats oh it's so difficult i think i'm gonna go for world i'm the world champion of bullshit so (laughs) (laughs) so let's just talk about the course for a moment because it's it's the familiar course it's all over belgian flanders belgian belgian flandersy fields um it's 122 kilometers which obviously is much shorter than the men but you know it is what it is the first climb is nokaraburg at 27.9 27.9 kilometers and basically you go Nakaraburg, uh, Tiem, Tiegebem, Tiegemberg at 41 kilometers, Kluisberg at 51 kilometers, Cote de Trio 58 kilometers and Paterberg and that's a Paterberg at 62 then Cortecare at 64 and then oh my god yeah and, <laughs> and then there's a then and, there's Cobbles at 69 and then there's another climb at 74 the Ladeurs then the Wolvenberg at 77 yeah. and then another Right, literally, the Wolvenberg climb is at 77.5k. And then at 77.6k is the Ritterstraat, which is a section of cobble, an 800 metre section of cobbles. Yep. And then at 78.9, there's the Carol Martelstraat, which is more cobbles. And then at 80.3, is another, the Holloweg section of cobbles. And yeah. then it's the Mullenberg at 87, then, which is the last uh, climb of the day. And then Paterstrat at 91, and Lippenhoverstrat at 94. <laughs> look, let me put it this way. Uh, th- there are two parts to this race. There are the shenanigans that go on before the Paterberg, and then there's the shell shock explosion of the race at the Paterberg and after. Oh my god! I mean, I can't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I can't even. When you look at it, you just have to laugh. Mm. Like you literally have 
to laugh because just just it's just climb 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 now yeah, the, well, the sequ- when it's when it's not climbing it's cobbles that's literally the only yeah. two options they now, have so what but one of the things about the classics if anyone's new to classics is that so i was so they're very on, i was i was talking to someone yesterday about this so the roads are very very narrow they're like um lanes in britain yeah and when and, and if you go onto the omnip noise Bad, um website they've got this really good course description where they just where they, they have pictures of each of them and you can see these are like single track roads so the patterberg is a single track cobbled road it's tw- uh, it's it's 12 and a half percent um in in general average but uh, with a maximum of 20 percent incline and, but the thing is, is because they're a single track road, and you look at all of these as like single track roads, um, it means that if something happens to the person in front of you, so say they puncture because it's cobbles, then you're stuck. Yep. You know, you can't get round. It's so, so. So one of the things is, is it's not so necessarily about getting to the top of each of these climbs first. In a lot of cases, it's about trying to get to the bottom of these climbs first. Yeah. And you basically come off the single track lane with a hard right or a hard left into the bottom of the climb and so the climb is actually a relief just if you've managed to get to the first one so that's the thing that makes it really exciting so you have a lot of riders will attack on these climbs um so that they can get so they can try and get to the bottom of the next climb um first you know it's 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 fascinating it's definitely go on the website it's omnipetnoiseblad.ba and if you go to the it's called wed wed stride um uh is the is is the course name or if you look for the bit that's called het parkour that will be where you look at it but this is what's exciting about these races is and then in the sections that aren't cobbles and climbs if it's open and it's windy that's completely disastrous the way it rains Mm. awful Mm. it's the first race of the year really properly it's the first big race of the year it's a really really huge field yeah um it's got 168 uh riders in it and there's a very very big variety from from the top team in the world bulls bulls dolmans right down to what are basically club teams yeah yeah it's 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 part of what uh, yeah i don't know i have mixed feelings about that because there's such a wild difference in in ability and it you know i i'm all in favor of giving and creating opportunities for teams and riders to step up but at the same time there's a cutoff point where it's just a bit ridiculous like you've just got too yeah. many bodies in too small a space and it's i mean, i went to the omnic noise blab the other day the other year a couple of years ago and one of the problems with it is that the women don't start at, the women start in the velodrome at hence um which is away from the start which is away from the actual finish line and the men start in the finish by the have their race village in the finish line so women don't so your race village is in a different place to the finish but your staff your team staff your swannies are out on the road and they're waiting at the finish for the riders who are the winners to finish yeah not not women with the men's team this isn't such a big deal because you might have you know three or four swannies so when you finish the race you 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 go you 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 know you at least half these riders at least won't finish the race yeah they'll yeah. be pulled because they're also quite brutal um, with the time cuts that Het Noisblad, and they have to be because the men are coming on the road. You know, the men are coming on the road too. So that so you kind of cycle back to the start, finish line, and there's no one there with your bags because the swannies are out on the road, and you know, and 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 oh god, I just remember seeing a couple of riders from the America from the American national team, and this was before. This was a couple of years ago. It's a completely different squad these days. They're much nicer to them, but this was the first time that some of those. W- riders had ridden in europe at all 
It yeah. was freezing. They'd mm. got back to the velodrome. There was no one in the car. Literally, members of other teams' mechan- other teams' mechanics who were there at the finish were lending them clothes. Yeah. And they were huddled under the stairs of the, the velodrome because that was the warmest place they could find. They looked like little baby birds who'd fallen out of their nest. Amazing. It, it, the conditions were just phenomenal. Um... I mean, they're just, it always is awful. So, so if you're a team that has, you know, a mechanic who can stay at the van, then they can get their, their stuff back. But, if, but, you know, maybe you don't have two mechanics. Maybe your mechanic's out in the team car. Yeah. So it, it is a little bit, it's, it's difficult. It's a, it's a fucking hard race. And it always has like tons of crashes in the neutral zone because some of these riders are comp- have never ridden in a peloton this size before, and it's you know and it's just it's just it, everyone's nerves are really really high and so there's always some poor fucker who breaks their collarbone in in, in omloop and then has to miss the season. Yes. So yes, yeah, so I do have a you know I look at it and I think oh you know some of these small teams being there. I guess if you're a small Belgian team it's fine because you know your mum's going to be waiting there at the finish because she knows you're not going to finish so she's going to be there with a with a flask of hot chocolate and a or hot soup and you know all your jumpers and then your best friend can sit in the car with you too. You know? <laughs> well, there you go. Um, you know. But, yeah. So, but no, but, but but it is an amazing race and it's not just these these it's you know. Just remember that it's not just about getting to these different objects. Yep. <laughs> it's also about it, it's not just about being the you know being the best one to get to the climb. It's about getting to the climbs in the first place, not having bad luck and being punctured or someone who's new crashes into you and takes you out. Oh, yeah. it's just yeah. it's brutal and it's vicious and it's everything we love about spring classics. Now, Absolutely. will we get to watch it? That's. Um, Mm. What I recommend is finding the men's omelet pet noise blad coverage and just hoping because it's got a fin- it's got a fixed camera at the finish line. It's got fixed cameras on some of the you know on some of the major important climbs. That I just hope that they that the, that the host broadcaster cuts to the um yeah to the uh, finish. To, to, yeah. yeah just hope we can't promise it that's the only thing that we can hope for yeah and we can hope for highlights so don't get your hopes up that we can watch it however <laughs> on sunday is Tielta winger uh the um the omloop van hageland which is the first round of the lotto cycling cup and it's going to be streamed in its entirety on the um tilt tilt with tilt uh cycling club site which is c t t i l t dot um dot bet a and it's yeah it's it's uh it's it's going to be it's going to be there it's going to be we can watch all of it um last year the stream was hilarious by the way because it had no commentary and it was just like like random pop music um with only one camera it's not like the most it's not the best um uh how to put it it's not the best um uh, uh, race like, in the world, yeah, um, not, not the greatest quality um, stream coverage and and whatever, but you know, yeah. And um, Tilt Winger is um, it's it's kind of a hard, it's it's a loop. It, it has a big loop and then it has laps of a small course. It's not this. It's it's like it's one of those things where it's pretty flat. Um, I really love the the the. the 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 profile of the climbs on the on the website. So you look at it and go, wow, look at all that climbing. That's really hard. Wow, you know, in the, in the last lap, there's this huge climb because it just has this straight up line to it. Oh my god! And then you look at the um the 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 
the side axis and you realize that it goes up to 85 meters (laughs) (laughs) and it has this mad profile because it goes from 30 to 80 meters (laughs) wow (laughs) during in about the space of a kilometer oh Oh my my god God. it's so high (laughs) i I mean what, what will they do for oxygen up there I know, I know. It's just it's, so one of my favorite favorite things that I really enjoy is bad race profiles, yeah, um, and comedy and comedy um, comedy race profiles. So yeah, um, it's it's yeah hilarious. So yeah, so um, yeah, so Saturday we can't promise you anything. Just hope, 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 hope that you see um, things. I'll give you a guide to watching. And of course, this is where we follow on Twitter. Follow on Twitter mm, because, yes. you know, the common tweets will be out in force. Hurrah, hurrah. We love you. If you only want to follow one person, follow Richie Stieg from Balls Dolmens because they are the best, best, best. Um, and just hope. Cross fingers, hope. And then on Sunday, watch the incredible mountains. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, honestly, it's a bit of an aside and it's a major leap forward in time. But uh, speaking of, of unpredictable and uh, enormous mountains, did you see the the course info for Tokyo in 2020 get released? Yes, I know. I mean, Let's just say the Olympic road race is a sprinter's course. Yeah, let me put it this way. When it's 2017 and Chloe Hosking is eyeing off the 2020 Olympic road race, <laughs> it's... You know that that course is pretty pretty solidly smooth. <laughs> yeah, but you know you know what I was thinking? I was thinking, you know Georgia Bronzini was planning to retire last year? <laughs> <laughs> she couldn't because cause she thought, well, maybe one more year. Well, what she's going to do is actually move to Tokyo and just ride that course every day for three years. <laughs> you know, I was really feeling sorry for poor Kirsten Veeld because it should be a Kirsten Veeld course, but what does she do? Does she go after the Omnium, which is now more in her favour, or does she go after the road race? She must be just cursing, or does she do both yeah i i uh, well only dora kirsten veeld those trackies those trackies who also race who are also top sprinters yeah now speaking of yoli dora yes i have my eye on so the thing about omelette pet noise blad is they have all these climbs these little tough climbs but then the last 35 kilometers to the finish are flat and they're flat with lots of with with cobbled with with cobbled with cobbled cobbled sections. Yep. So it so once you've once you've hit as as Dan said once you hit the Mollenberg, you have the Paderstrat, which is two oh two point three kilometers. Uh, you've got Lippenhoven Lippenhoven Strat at one uh, another uh, one thousand uh, kilometer point three. Langemont at uh, two and a half kilometers, and that's um and that's like. 20k from the end and then you have this 20k running now it's not to say that sprinters only win this race right because um last year it was won by lizzie armistead who won it in a solo breakaway when she was just going you know what i want to do in my brand new rainbow jersey i want to win everything I feel really good. My brand new rainbow jersey is feeling really good on me. You know what I could do? I could win this race. Fuck it. I'm just going to attack too early. Oh, look, I've won. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so if you look at the history, uh, Armitstead, Lizzie Danen won last year. Anna van der Brega won in 2015. Amy Peters won in 14. Tiff Cromwell, 13. Luce Hunnewijk in 2012. And Emma Johansson in 10 and 11. Susanna de Gouda in 2009. So... It's like it's an interesting one because you look at it and you go, okay, well, sprinters, you know, don't seem to, you know, don't seem to be able to get over the hills, yeah. but maybe they can. So you look at them and you're going, okay, 
it's and Damon's been on the podium twice. Emma Johansson's uh, as, as well as her win last year. Yep. Emma Johansson has won twice and been on the podium twice, and they're absolutely the classics riders. Yeah, yeah. But last year in second place was Chantal Black with Tiffany Cromwell in third. Yeah. And in 2015, when Van der Breg when 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 Van der Breger won, Ellen Van Dyke was second. Right. So, mm. um, so. What it is, is it's a flat run-in, but it's just, it's it's basically, this is going to sound really fucking no shit, Sherlock, it's absolutely for your pure classics riders. Yeah, yeah. It's, you have to be able to get over the hills, you have to be able to sprint to the finish, you have to just be able to well, put up with hell, hell, hell. Yeah, exactly. You, you have to be able to survive to about two-thirds of the way through the race before there's going to be a fair opportunity to actually win the race you know everything yeah. before that is mostly about not being eliminated you know yeah. and and when i say eliminated i mean you know avoiding mechanicals avoiding that rider who has a mechanical directly in front of you avoiding being on the wrong side of the road when you turn left all of that shit you know mostly it's that to start with and you've got to survive a long way into the race before you're really going to get a fair opportunity to actually try and win yeah 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 and it's and it's and it's brutal um it's going to be interesting it's always interesting because it's the especially without qatar mm. it's the first time that we've seen some of the it's always the first time we've seen some teams race together yeah, yeah. because not everyone goes to australia but generally qatar is the first is the time like you know we saw with wiggle high five for example having a really pretty bad qatar last year mm. until chloe hosking the final stage yeah so this is the first time so they haven't had that chance to like bed in and learn to ride with each and other and all get to know so, each other and all of that sort of stuff exactly and also um you know it's it's been a long break now then between you know like for the for the Aussies who worked their form up for Bay Crits and Nationals and the Tour Down Under and all of that sort of stuff yeah um you know going through Qatar helps them maintain some form and bring it into the early classics without Qatar there that is a much harder ask and so the whole there's a uh, there's a lot that's wide open at the moment basically yeah so there's some big names missing so Lizzie Danen isn't riding this riding this and and actually that's not really surprising Lizzie Danen tends not to ride much um at all like she tends to she tends to kind of last year if you look at it like she she didn't she had this amazing hit rate in terms of in terms of her win ratio mm. but that's because she didn't actually ride that much relative relative to the other riders so she rode um she rode uh let's just have a quick look at Lizzie so she rode Het Noisblad which was the first race of the year in her rainbow jersey which she won Strade Bianchi which she won uh Ronda Van Drenta where she didn't finish uh, she had a migraine. Trofeo for a braid, Alfredo braid, Binder, which she won. Yep. Kent with Elgin, where she was 17th. Ronda van Vlaanderen, which she won. And then Flesh on. So in the classic season, that's seven races that she rode with four wins. That's not a bad strike rate at all. No, when, you, when you're and, coming and, in at like 57% or whatever that actually works out to, I mean, bloody hell. Yeah, not arguing. Yeah, and, 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 and the race that she didn't win... Uh, Ronda Van Drenta was won by her teammate Chantal Black, and Weather Elgem was won by her teammate Chantal Black. Yeah. Um, and Flesh Wallon, um was not is not a Lizzie Armitstead style. Oh no, she has won it before though, so it is. But you know she wasn't feeling on her game. Evie Stevens, her teammate, came second. Yeah. So 
Lizzie Armitstead, she rides, she rode all, she rode um, Het, uh, Blad, and then the next races up to Ronde van Vlaanderen were up to Gentwevelgem, all in March. Ronde van Vlaanderen at the beginning of April, Flashwallon in the middle of uh, 20th of April, Tour de Yorkshire, 30th of April, and then she didn't ride until the 27th of May where she rode the Bowles Rental Hills Classic, which is a, is, a, is a you know a race that is important for her team because they ride literally past the Bowles, the Bowles Rental Headquarters, um, which she won. And yep. then she didn't ride again after the 27th of May until the 15th of June for the Aviva Women's Tour. And then she after Aviva Women's Tour in June, she didn't ride, she rode the Giro in July. And so while you sit there, go, yes, but Sarah, that was the Olympics. Her, her goal was the Olympics. It's that's not an unusual Lizzie Danan schedule. Like, you know, you look at you look at 2015 and she rode Qatar, Het Noisblad, Strade Bianchi. She rode both Drent, all three Drent races that day. Binder, Ronde van Vlaanderen, Energy Wachter, Flesh Wallon. But she doesn't ride the small races. So, you know, this is so it's not a surprise that Lizzie Danan's not there. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's what I'm saying. It's also not a surprise Mariana Voss isn't there. Voss traditionally starts her season late, her road season much later because traditionally she's been racing the, the cyclocross season um, and she needs to take a break between them. And especially, and this is before she was injured, she'd, she'd, she'd do this. And it's especially important that she had her terrible year, terrible couple of years. We still don't exactly know how she's going to come back. We hope that she's fine. Um, we think that she's fine, seeing how very, very nearly she won the Cyclocross World Champs. You know, she did something like she rode eight races and won seven of them, or she won six of them in this in Cyclocross this season. Yeah. Something like that. Insane. Um, but Voss doesn't, Voss usually rocks up into uh, later on in, you know, later, later on in the, later on in the classics. So that's not a surprise that Voss isn't there. Um, and it's not a surprise uh, Lizzie Danan's not there. That's just that's just that's just to be expected. Um, yep. No Paulina Frampreval. However, the start list is incredible. Like just just the start list is amazing. And and what it really really brings home to me is how the talent has been moved around spread around a little bit not as much as i'd like but it's spread around a little bit within the within the within the women's peloton yeah yeah so bowls dolmans chantal black amy peters nikki bromeo megan guarnier christine majoris amelie Diederikson. well i reckon there's three riders who could win there there's been that's two that's two four that's a former winner in amy peters guarnier and black have both been on the podium before yeah. like you know they start as the favorites full stop yep but who is on your list um look uh, there's a couple of you know me i always look for a bit of an outlier anyway i I love sort of a a weird um well not weird but you know like a uh unexpected or or um interesting sort of thing so two riders in particular that i'm keeping an eye on um tiff cromwell's one before she's podium before and you know could be could be an interesting one if she has a good race the one i'm most watching and sort of is like my my secret favorite who you know like this is my dream win would be to see elisa longo borghini um (sighs) yeah Because I mean, we, I we know it. she's we know she's a great rider and a really strong rider and a, a, a very capable rider. And this this is a race that that she could do really really well in. You know, she had um, problems last year. She's had uh, that really horrific accident a couple of years ago. So she's had not the best luck 
um, at different times. I would love to see her get through and, and dominate it, you know. Yeah, I don't think she was well last year. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think she was well last year at all. It wasn't the season she was happy with. She was injured and sick in the start of the year. Now, the only thing is, is that sometimes she doesn't like the spring. You know, sometimes she's sick for the spring. And But I would love to see Elisa win. I think she's always been a rider who is very much affected by her nerves and by her self-doubt but getting the Olympic bronze medal I'm so happy for her that she got Olympic bronze just like genuinely she's a really lovely person she she doesn't win very often but when she wins it's super special and she's always a rider who always always tries her best and fights yeah yeah absolutely And, and I love that I also think that I also think that Yoni Dora Oh, definitely. Could do. Yolene Dora last year, she's... I mean, Yolene is exactly... Yolene Dora's there for Wiggle High Five, and Kirsten Veal's there for Silence. And both of them suffer from track problems, you know, from, from track from track issues. But Yolene hasn't been riding the track this winter, this winter because, you know, she got an Olympic medal, uh, a bronze, I think, in the yep. in the Omnium in the Olympic Games. So when you look at Wiggle High Five, Yolene Dora and Lisa Longo-Borghini, Audrey cordon Rago, who is just an amazing amazing domestique remember she said to me that she would rather be the best domestique than to be a bad team captain yes yes and Amelia Forleen back in the team and Claudia Luxemburg a formerly called Claudia Hauschler um the climber joining the team for the first time true ah oh, so um, Ale Cipollini has Chloe Hosking in there I don't think it's a Chloe Hosking race sorry Chloe but you no. know of course I'd be delighted if she did win um that's not to say um Olga Zabalinskaya um of Russia back from her doping ban uh racing with B-Pink um yeah I hope not um sorry yeah, uh yeah. Canyon Shram now Lisa Brenauer was also ill last year and didn't have a good race but when I look at that team Canyon Strams it's Elena Amilusik who's a really amazing climber yep. Lisa Brenauer former ITT world champion if she can still be there if she can get over those hill sections you know you start thinking yeah Lisa could do it um, Eleanor Cicchini who is my secret if I could I don't know isn't it interesting I want Italians to win the classics because my <laughs> My absolute, that would be a dream come true, I'd probably cry on the finish line, is, or, or watching it on TV, on, on, my, on my laptop, yep. is Eleanor Cicchini, who had a really step up last year. I would love to see her step up and take this win. And obviously Trixie Warwick, um, yeah. she had to have her kidney removed last year. She said it's completely changed how she's going to rate, how she, you know, she can't do what she used to be able to do. But that would be, she loves riding in the wind and the rain and the horrors. Um Savello Bigler have Lotta Lepisto, their sprinter, as their number one rider. Um, I, you know, that would be fun. Um, uh, Silence has got, oh God, Kirstenville, Danny King. Now, if Danny King took her step <laughs> up by getting on the Omelette podium, I'd also cry. Um, <laughs> drops, uh, FDJ, FDJ, and now FDJ, Nouvelle Aquitaine Futuroscope has got their first, has got Roxanne Kanateman, um, as their lead rider, uh, yeah, I they've they've got Roxanne Knateman and Shara Gillow there, and if Ro- Roxanne Knateman has been an uber domestique for 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 Mariana Voss for years and years, she attacks a lot. If Roxy, you know Roxy, that would be amazing. Like just just you know yeah, obviously yeah, the daughter absolutely. of the late great Harry Knateman. Um, high tech, low in tech, WM three, no Voss, but they have Lauren Kitchen and Cassiania Doma. Now 
Anuska Costa. Now, this looks like a much less strong team than last year's team, last year's classics team, yeah? Yeah, but, but there's, I mean, it, it does, but at the same time, it, it's not like it's a weak team either. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, actually. And I mean, I think, you know, this is really what proves uh, your original thesis. There's been a lot of movement around the Peloton, but it's been really interesting because we're finding a a much more, you know, like go back a season or two and we had, you know, three, maybe four teams that had clear margins over much of the rest of the Peloton. And now we're, you know, we've literally just rattled off you know, twenty odd teams and and declared twelve or more of them with solid contenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we don't stop there. Orica Scott has Annemiek van Vleuten, who loves the classics. Yep. Uh, sorry, Annemiek van Vleuten. Yep. Yep. And uh, Park Hotel Valkenburg Team Velo Concept. Team Velo Concept is the previously known as BMS Burn. They've been taken over by Bjarne Reese. And they've basically got the still like Danish Swedish um, riders in there, but they've got uh, Carmen Small, who's also going to be doing some DS duties this year. Yep, yep. But here's the other team that I am super excited for, like really, really, genuinely excited for. Okay. Right. Team Sunweb. What? Team Sunweb. All right. Lucinda Brand. Yeah. Leah Kirkman, Flirtia Mackay, Rosanna Slick. Julia Souk and Ellen Van Dyke. Shit. Yeah, okay. Idiot! Yeah, yeah. I, I, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> so, so Sunweb, they've definitely taken a step up with their signs, but last year, Leah Kirkman rode her first um, full classic season, and I think she came fourth in the Omloop, and she just did so well. Flirty Mackay is very, very young, is still a young rider who's was an amazing junior and has just been stepping up and stepping up and stepping up. And she broke, had a really bad shoulder injury last year. Rosanna Slick is the rider who is definitely, if I was making now my podium cafe, virtual DS team is nothing but cyclocross riders. Yeah. (laughs) But if I was going to put riders in my team, I'd put in Rosanna Slick and I'd put in um, Rachele Barbieri in in my, in my, in my team as, as, as riders, I think are going to step up this year. And obviously, Ellen Van Dyke and Lucinda Brand. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's so, not, it's not. That's not a decision I'd argue well, with. So yeah. So Ellen Van Dyke. Sorry, those are those. Are, sorry, those aren't in my team. But that's I'd, I'd have them in my in my team too because Ellen Van Dyke. Now my question about balls this year is, will they still be able to do it without Ellen Van Dyke? Now I know they did win a lot last year with Ellen Van Dyke injured when she broke her collarbone and kind of managed to get and broke her cracked her ribs and basically managed to have like three weeks out of racing or something <laughs> because she is a Valkyrie. Ellen Van Dyke is a Valkyrie. When you when you see her ride and attack, you have to sing the um the the ride of the Valkyries theme tune because she is a she is a warrior, a a a, a, a mythical warrior on the bike. Yeah. Yep. She's absolutely selfless. She says she attacks because she hates bunch riding. She will, <laughs> she's completely will set selfless and will ride down just brutally and attack for other people. I'd love to see her riding for herself. Mm-hmm. And then Lucinda Brand has been, you know, domest- a, a super domestique for the likes of Van der Brega, Cassia Neodoma, Mariana Voss. But Mariana Voss says that Brand has the best technical skills in the peloton. Okay. Yep. 
That's that's, I guess what I would call high praise. Like I, you know, am... you know, you know how some kids like run home from school to show their parents when they get an A on their report card or something. Like I would, I would burn my report card to get that recommendation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 So yes. So. Oh my God, this race is going to be incredible. It's it, the thing that is amazing about this, this, this first weekend is our first opportunity to really see how they, how the teams are doing mm. to really see, you know, Bowles last year won 40 races at the start of the season. I was like, yeah, yeah, they won so many. They've got such a great tour race, but you know, I'm not really sure that they'll be able to pull it all together really with so many stars in their team. And look, 40 races later, they won. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a beautiful weekend. And then if we're looking at the sprinters for Sunday's Van Hagerland, we're looking at your Chloe Hoskins, Chantal Blark again, uh, Elisa Longo beginning Yolin Dora again, um, Lauren Kitchen, Valentina Scandalara. Hope she has an amazing year. Uh, Corin Rivera in her first race for um, Sunweb. Um, Hannah Barnes. Uh, you know, Barbara Gurishi, two sprinters for Canyon Shram. Yep. Uh, Lotta Lapisto for Cervello Bigler. Kirsten Veal for Silence. You know, you look at it and there's a there's an amazing field for that as well. Oh, oh I'm so God. happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it's, yeah, I, I'm I'm almost, it's weird because, you know, I've just, I, I have complained about, you know, this, this huge gap in my life um that was left without Qatar and and it's almost it's almost going from zero to overwhelmed <laughs> like, yeah isn't it it's it's amazing but very welcome i would i will always choose overwhelmed um race organizers of the world so you know more thank you yes okay. in advance so, lockdown oh. hmm. <sighs> yes. so you mentioned tokyo there's been some more race promotion, and remember, this year we have the first time a women's Amstel Gold. Well, you know, we've always had that. Well, it's not the first time they used to have one back in the early 2000s. Plus, we see it pretty much in the Bowles Rental Hills Classic, but it's still very, very important. Yep. And the first women's Liège Baston Liège. Indeed, indeed. Oh, important additions. And Liège has published their, um, their their profile this week and also their, their team invite list this week. Uh, we've had more race promo from the women's tour, which has had some really... I mean, I just... You know I used, I did the social media for them for the first couple of years and I commentated last year, so you know I'm biased, right? Yep. But they are legitimately good at this race promo thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely they are. I mean, uh, I, I honestly... I, I kind of struggled to understand, you know, for years, like I, I, I thought, look, it's hard to organize a race, particularly if, you know, you're trying to start a new race or whatever. There's a lot to it. It takes a few years to learn, blah, blah, blah. And then Sweet Spot come along and do the women's tour and just fucking nail it right out of the gate and then continue to get better and better. And I'm like, you know, at the point now where I'm like, actually, rest of the racing world, how have you not caught on to this model? you know this is the thing is i genuinely think every year i'm like oh yeah that that was amazing but I, but you know I'll, I'll just have to you know manage my expectations that's probably they're probably not going to be able to top that because you know it's just life isn't it you know you're going to get to mm. the top of the curve at some stage um it's just it just is what it is no one stays at the top forever yeah and then every year they do something that i'm like no sorry yeah yeah they, they clearly <laughs> haven't run out of um 
I haven't run out of ideas yet, so here we go. No, and and so they've got like they've got this really cute. Um, they they have they always they involve like British teams in the in the organize in the um in the promo of it, obviously because they're a British race. And so they they were launched with um, riders from Drops and also but but also a legitimate psych british cycling superstar katie archibald um olympic gold medalist in the team pursuit and uh a multiple world champion uh she's she's just you know they've got her she's very very personable she's got a great really interesting personality so they have these lovely interviews where uh mick bennett who's the boss of who's the boss of sweet spot is saying yes here's who i think we should watch her but i also think katie's going to be fantastic <laughs> and katie's like oh well um thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> like slightly taken aback and it's charming so yeah Yeah. and they've also got and they also they partner with breast cancer breast cancer care this year they always partner with a charity which i love because you know one of the jerseys is named for charity they 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 bring up people who've like in the previous years they've you know involved people who have um you know been been helped by the charity or you know raise awareness use it to raise awareness of the con- of the conditions and stuff so you know it's it's a really nice thing and it's especially nice that it's a you know it's a condition that affects women uh, obviously men too but you know is 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 some you know it's a women's race here's a condition that's you know that that's that's associated with women knowing them they'll get in the fact that it, it, that men get it too but yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know because they're just so they're just that good so yeah um yeah, so Liège, um, and I've also really enjoyed this week the new style UCI World Tour promos. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been a few videos um, that have come out, um, which have been a, uh, a breath of fresh air, shall I say, a, a departure from the hyper-cliched style the UCI had been pursuing previously. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not about... It's, it's, it's something about the way the UCI do a promo, because... I really enjoyed um, the, 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 the highlights videos that uh, yeah. Felix Mattis and Niels Gudrian did for the use. Yeah, for yeah, UCI, they for, did for, really, for the... really good work with the highlights packages. But somehow, every time the UCA tried to produce a, a promo video, it just wound up being this kind of like uh, weird music choice that didn't quite fit, that tried to sort of manipulate you into some sense of drama that wasn't matched by the imagery they were using and 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 stuff and it just didn't really click um anyway these aren't like that so yeah and what they're doing i mean the thing is is i said i wrote this last week in a thing about videos like is that the trouble is is if you shut your eyes and just listen to the to the kind of stuff about and it and the thing is that i found really frustrating about the the the, the actual uci pro the, the first uci promo for this year's racing is that they were cutting a really long interview that they did with Megan Guarnier where she went through the season, the world tour season race by race. And Megan is really intelligent and she's really engaging. But for some reason, whoever cut this video chose the most boring bits that she said about it. You know, like, like it, it, it wasn't, it was just, you know, the bits that are, the focus was on the UCI. Yeah. Yep. Like, so the UCI is doing this thing. And if you shut your eyes, you could, it could be about any sport in the world. Exactly. And, and, and if you, any event. There was nothing to distinguish anything about it at all. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you opened your eyes, you didn't, you know, it just didn't show you the, it just, it just was tedious. So these sets of videos are 
focus and you know i completely get that this is about style i'm not saying the uci is bad i'm saying their style is their style just didn't uh, you know it just didn't engage me i wasn't watching them and going oh that's a good clip you know like exactly it just didn't it didn't achieve its stated aim which was to make you excited about a particular thing you know it didn't make me excited about anything except the end of the video so but this is but this lot is basically what they're doing is they're asking riders about their unique experiences and what the races mean to them yes and i love that i mean especially because these are races that we can't watch you know we can't watch all of them on tv um so yeah so that's also one of the things that's slightly you know slightly problematic to me about the way that the uci sells the races because you know if you're going oh my god that's high adrenaline you'll be on the edge of your seat all the time that's not a good way to sell a race that you can't watch yeah, that you can't see Fucking yeah flesh for one yeah 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 or or strade or you know like like when when all you're going to get out of it is like a a, a seven minute clip yeah it has to be meaningful in a different way and and so having a rider like so the first one was alexis ryan who's a young rider she's still a developing rider definitely a talent to watch for the future talking about what it was like what it's like to ride world tour races Mm. and then the second one is mariana voss yeah yeah of course was a multiple world cup winner is a rider who's won a lot of the world tour races and, you know, and they have Voss talking about, you know, I was a shy girl yeah. and cycling helped me come out of myself. Yeah. But like, I'm super she, competitive. <laughs> exactly. Where, where she literally basically says that she learned how to express herself through cycling and, and you know, also had to come to accept that she's massively competitive and wants to win anything that, that she's doing. And, yeah. you know, and... and it does. It adds this real layer. I mean, it's it's not like those are things that we didn't know about Marianica, but they're, they're, they have an extra layer of substance and meaning when it's she herself telling you them. And, yeah. You know, so it it does engage you in a way that the those other videos just couldn't. And, and that, I think, is the beauty of them because it's a, it's a simple idea executed well. Yeah, and and as a as a as a purely stylistic thing, I really love the jump cuts. But I don't know if that's the right term. Sorry, Dan used to actually work in TV and stuff, so I'm sorry, Dan, if I'm mauling the no, 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 term. But it's these it's these very sharp cuts between you know Alexis Ryan riding along in training, um, being quite cut, you know, being in a in a quiet, empty environment to flash. You're on the you're on a major climb, and you can hear this, and you can hear the noise of the race. You know, and those those sharp cuts between things while she's, you know, so you've, I, I love it. I really, you know, I'm not saying these are the perfect films and they should win an Oscar because, you know, of course they're not. But I really love, I really enjoy them. And I really hope we see more of this kind of style. And I'm really happy that the UCI is commissioning a different a different approach, you well, know? I, that's the, I think that's the thing I'm most excited about is that the UCI is commissioning a different approach. I mean regardless even if the videos that they were producing previously were perfect and they weren't by a long shot but even if they were you, you can't stay static you, you just yeah. can't it's a dynamic form and you have to continue to change and adapt and tell new stories in different ways so yeah. yay for actually doing that yeah um other videos this week what did you think of the lee craigie video about cycling in scotland yeah that was really nice i um look i tell you it's not quite the point of the video but boy it made me want to go cycling in scotland 
Oh. I, no, it's exactly the point. So Lee Craigie, if you don't know, she's a mountain bike, um, uh, former mountain bike star. She is uh, part of the Adventure Syndicate, which, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know I love and mm. adore, which is a group of women who do adventure endurance distance bike stuff. Um, and their aim is to, A, get more media about women and bikes and tell stories and b get more women doing these kind of crazy adventure stuff yeah. and so this video was um commissioned by sustrans which is the charity in britain that puts on cycle routes and so yeah so it was to it was to promote yeah. the, the caledonia way which is a long bike path in beautiful parts of scotland um through places with whiskey distilleries dan yeah, which you know is fine. I mean, I look I, as I understand it, it's it's entirely possible to actually cycle the entire Caledonian Way in a day, um, <laughs> if you don't stop at distilleries. Apparently, they very kindly they actually did a study as to how long they projected it would take me, and I'm told that I would need three weeks. So. <laughs> Just, you can't yeah. cycle the Caledonia Way in a day in a day in a day in Caledonia Way in a day because it goes all the way up the coast of Scotland. Yeah, but no, that's, yes, that's, Dan, that's like eighty kilometres. It's nothing. It's fine. Like, but how cool would that be? You get up in the morning. You you go to a whiskey distillery. You you, <laughs> you go morning. back to bed. <laughs> we, we holiday very differently. <laughs> okay, we get up in the you get you get up in the afternoon. <laughs> you go to a whiskey distillery. You go to a pub. And then you, the next day, you get up in the afternoon and you go for a ride along, a ride along a little bit more of the Caledonia Way. Yeah, yeah. See, exactly. So, anyway, um, you know, the, the point is, it's a, it's a lovely, lovely video, um, and it's a, a great, um, like the, um, Sustrans um, do great work, and the Caledonia Way is awesome, and also the Adventure Syndicate are great. So, like. There's a whole bunch of reasons to watch that video and enjoy it and plan to, you know, participate in all of those things. Yeah, and Lee Craigie has the most amazing accent. Like, she's got one of those beautiful, soft Scottish accents that's just like, yeah, you can talk to me all day. I'll, I'll be happy with that. <laughs> um, uh, I guess we have to talk about the negatives that we've seen this week. Yep. Cycling uh, News article on... <sighs> Uh, how do we even frame it? Well, look, uh, look. the way I would frame it is that Cycling News have, I think, done an, a tidy piece of um, slightly more long-form journalism than, than is their daily bread and butter in terms of uh, deeper exploration into the recent conversations and stories that have been coming to light about the problems of abuse in cycling and specifically in women's cycling um you know we've spoken in recent weeks about you know the the revelations from genevieve johnson's um experiences brady o'donnell wrote her article about the things that she's witnessed other um cyclists have come out with their own stories and so cycling news this week laura wiselow uh, one of the editors um you know wrote a, a quite um, longer form piece about um, more of the recent history and what um, the UCI is doing, has done, has failed to do, which I think is an, an important point um, and, and what we can hopefully expect to start to see change. Um, it's, it's a tough read and I'll, I'll be completely honest, it's a very disappointing 
read in part. You know, there's a particular a story about um, Iris Slappendell um, has worked as part of her role um, with the athletes. As writer representative. Yeah, as a writer yeah. representative for the Athletes Commission um, to help a group of 10 writers who witnessed abuse and harassment bring a case to the UCI Ethics Commission. That case has basically stalled because um of a, a technicality and we were talking before we started recording and and you know quite literally i was saying it, 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 i can understand the procedural impediment but it's completely unjust it's it's a complete act of injustice and yeah i mean it, it's a, the impediment is that the uci until very recently had a thing saying uci staff and uci commissaires shouldn't i'm paraphrasing be harassing fucks you know, shouldn't bully and harass people. Um, they shouldn't. And they, but they didn't have anything about team staff or yeah. team employees or other or riders harassing and abusing anyone each other. Yeah. So, so that, the so case classic thing of an organization having written their code of ethics to apply to their staff and those that they directly manage and making the in hindsight blindingly obviously stupid mistake of not also writing that to apply to the separate entities that they oversee in the sport that they administer and so the technicality is basically that because the person this case um, was brought against was a team manager um, and the events transpired before they updated the code of ethics um, they're saying we can't rule on it because they weren't subject to it at that point in time which which i find i find very very problematic and but so you know i find it really really difficult because mm. to me it's like i mean a I, you know, I grew up doing sports. <laughs> like I've, I've heard about cases of harassment and abuse and bullying within sports since I was, you know, since I was a teenager. You know, this isn't. It's not a surprise that some people involved in sport are bastards, are literal assholes, real awful people who are using their position to do horrible, unconscionable yep. things. And that can be sexual harassment. That can be um, sexual abuse. That can be physical harassment that can just be bullying that can be also you know it's it's a yeah. spectrum of fucking evil basically but, but none of it has a place in sport exactly. and to me the thing that's problematic about this is that i don't get i just do not understand why the i can't get past why the uci didn't have anything in place they put in the ethic their new code of ethics i'm glad they did in what 2014 no it's, and it's even worse it was june 2 2016 it's literally not 2000, even a, it's not even a year old now, the problem, the problem this is, now I can see, we, we had a bit of a discussion about this because Dan was saying, yes, but you, know, you have to understand that these aren't employees of the UCI, these are people that the, that the UCI, you know, these, this is, this is, this is, you know, this, it's not the UCI, you know, the hastening, UCI could say. Hastening to add that I'm not defending the UCI. No, 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 not at all. He was trying just, to explain going, it to me because I didn't understand. Going, I get yeah. the procedural reasoning behind it, but it does in no way detracts from the simple fact yeah. that this is not justice being served. Yeah, and and the problem the problem is is you could say in 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 most sports you could say okay well what you should do is is report to your local sports mm. body that this is happening but cycling is a really really complicated sport as we know so so the issue is you can have a team that's registered in one country because you know they've decided that that's where their sponsors from they're going to register in that country 
Um, then so, the team management is so is from is from, so that's the team's registered in country A. The team management is in country B. They're employing staff from country C and country D, and then the riders are from all those countries plus countries E, F, and G. Yep. Exactly. So who has jurisdiction? And at that point, it has to be the UCI. That's like the whole reason you'd have the UCI in the first place. Is yeah. And, and it's that not stuff. that the UCI could prosecute stuff, because if it was a prosecutable offence, so say, for example, OK, well, actually, yeah, we've got you on camera um, groping someone. But even yeah. then, it would be incredibly hard because what you're, you know, to, to do it because the riders, you know, it, say, for example, um, I've been and I'm, and I'm really sorry. I'm not being flippant about my my examples. Uh, my examples, although I sound flip, it's just I don't know how to talk about it without getting really upset about it. But say you say, okay, well, I was groped. Repeat, I was groped by my team soigneur. But you know, I'm British, and my team soigneur is let's say Australian because you're Australian, and you know, and the team was based in, and the team was based out of Spain. Like, I don't speak Spanish. I don't live in Spain. I can't take it to a Spanish employment tribunal, which is where, you know, where, or, or even the Spanish, you know, the, or maybe I could take it to the Spanish Fed, but I don't speak the language. Yep. So it's, so I have, so the UCI has to be able to do this kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and it has to do a much better job of these things. And, and, you know, it, it, that's the thing. It's a hard read because it's so disappointing to realize how badly the UCI has failed at all of this. There are a couple of small glimmers of hope for me in, in the article as well. One of them being um, Cycling Canada's president. Of course, it's the Canadian. Um, John Tolkamp, who's a former ethics commission member, literally said his quote was that Jensen's story is one that still eats at him. He, he said, here was a young athlete that was really led down the path, abused in so many ways by individuals that were close to her. I challenge our organisation to not dismiss anything you know, it's a challenge for any organisation that is responsible for young athletes. Now, yeah, I, I, I do, I do have a slight problem with Tolkamp. What he goes on to say, though, right? Because he goes on to say when he's talking about other things, he says, you know, sometimes the trouble is it's hard to arbitrate on these because they're one person's view against another, one person's word against another. Yep. And that bothers me because that's exactly what abuse and harassment and bullying is 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 about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like and, it's and exactly what on. abuse. Yeah, and yeah, because because if what you're and 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 what I really love about how Laura Wiseler wrote this article, and this is all praise to Laura Wiseler, is that she then interviews a lawyer, yeah. a sports lawyer, who gives you advice about what you can do to to get around that issue so you know so so oh well you know you've only got his word against it and the sports lawyer's like well you know even if you just write it you know write it in your diary tell people about it yep. now there's an issue that part of the nature of abuse is that people can't necessarily tell someone straight away this is a documented researched fact yep. that, that 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 some people just they're just so in shock. They're in shock about it. Their minds closed down about it. What's happened? They might be doubting themselves. Yeah, what, did yeah. I lead someone on? Da, 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 that they can't say at the time. But the toll camp advice is is you know still it's still worth. You can still you can still do things about about you know you can still do things with it. You know you, exactly. it's like you you don't have to if you haven't said something straight away. That doesn't mean that you're 
Yeah, the, that doesn't the, mean you've you, missed the opportunity or, or whatever. You know, you can document it later. Sorry, not the camp, I said that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Jacobs the, was the lawyer, Howard yeah. Jacobs. Um, but yeah, you can document it later, as you say, putting it in a diary with dates and, and your best possible recollection. Um, you know, things like um, sending emails to, you know, to the team or, or to someone that you trust to hold um, or, or whatever. It, it, it is just a matter of none of those single things is a smoking gun and there is no kind of smoking gun for, for this sort of thing. But the point is that it demonstrates that this is something that affected you, that you were um, trying to work through and figure out and sort out and, and whatever. And therefore this is evidence that it was definitely a thing that was, was messing with your career. And, you know, it's, it is good, helpful, practical advice. Um, it is difficult. Yeah. And, and as you say, abusers rely heavily on it being hard for people to talk about, hard for people to document, and hard for people to prove. They they rely on that. So, you know, I mean, on the off chance that anyone listening to this is going through anything like this, um, please know that there are people who are 100% on your side who believe you, who support you, and who want to help you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's, I mean, the thing, the thing that I find I love, I mean, I, I don't think Laura Wiselow is going to let this go. She tweeted no. sometime in, earlier in this season that she thinks that she thinks that sexual abuse and is, is um, bullying and things like that is the next big story is the next big scandal that's going to hit cycling. And, yep. you know, sexual abuse, financial abuse, all that stuff. The thing that I really love that she emphasized, and I love the way that she crafted her story. She yep. emphasized in her story that the, the Iris Slappendale quote that the, that the Federation has been, and, and they, they reference it to a murder. Laura, Laura referenced it to a murder talking about it's, it's like, it's the same things as they were doing over the rampant EPO doping, yep. but with one twist, most athletes who doped made a conscious decision to do so. As Iris Slappendale points out, nobody makes the choice to be abused. Exactly. You know, exactly. she's 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 saying that it's it's and and this is the thing is that you and I know just from our you know tangential experience and exposure to the sport um, a disturbing number of stories and rumors and and things like that. Let alone people who actually live and breathe it. And we've seen this over the last couple of weeks as these stories have started to really come out. That there is a lot here to be uncovered. I don't think we've really scratched the surface yet of, no. of of what there is, and it's going to be painful, but it is really, really important, and I certainly yes. hope that Laura doesn't let go of it because there's a lot here that really needs to be brought to life. Oh, Laura's Laura's fantastic, and she's you know Laura, this mm. is this is some you know she really cares about it, and I think it's also important to stress that these stories are about abusive women by men. But there's also going to be stories of, of this. This stuff is going to be in the male peloton as well. Yep. You know, it's not just it's not just about um, it's not just about uh, sexual uh, women. Sex, yeah. Sexual harassment isn't just about women. The yeah. thing is, is that and we've seen that coming out with the with the British with the with the British footballing scandal that's 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 going working through the courts at the moment. It's just that there's we've said this before. There's there's culturally it's it's very very hard to talk about for women but there's a cultural narrative that means that people that means it fits into it i mean one of the things that it says in the that she has i think it's Tolkamp quoted where he's saying oh you know we've got to make sure it's not uh and it's not a bad it's not a you know not a malicious allegation however 
Mm. <laughs> you know, just coming forward with things can damage can damage a rider's career. You know, can can make yeah. a rider can can make a can get a rider blacklisted. Well, therefore, the, the very fact that we are all familiar with the term troublemaker as a yeah. descriptor of a rider and what that implies for their career tells you everything yeah. you need to know about the kind of um, psychological weight that sits behind this shit and yeah. you know makes yeah. it harder and harder for writers to speak up yeah so. and that's and that's one of those things it's like and this 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 ties into sexual abuse in society as well you know this idea that people willy-nilly go through want to go through a massive um rape case against uh i don't know um what's his name um bill crosby yep. uh just you know just just because because of this nebulous reason mm. when it's like hell i mean i will never 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 criticize someone who doesn't come forward publicly about their story of abuse i'll never do that because it's a decision that people have people don't take lightly yeah and it's difficult i will absolutely support and i love that slappendale has been supporting these riders in her role as on the you know on the on the athletes commission i just applaud that i applaud these riders for keeping on fighting in the in the face of a ridiculous ridiculous stupid Yeah, stupid. Oh well, you know, we 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 hadn't told people before 2014 that they shouldn't be abusing and harassing their riders, so we can't sanction them for it. You know, is is like my very cynical take on it, and I know that's not 100% accurate, but that's how it comes no, across. No, no, but in principle, I mean, that's the thing. Like like setting aside the 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 pedantic, you know, procedural rule of law part of it and and dealing specifically with the justice part of it that's exactly the injustice that's the point you know while it might technically be true because of that process it, it in no way changes the fact that it's just deeply wrong it's, yeah it's just wrong and it shouldn't be that way and collectively the uci um most importantly is the administrative body of the sport but all of us as even as fans have a responsibility to ensure that the sport that we love that we support and want to see more of doesn't tolerate this sort of shit yeah and and it is and you know kudos to the uci that they have now you know since fuck you know from now on if teams and managers are abusive fucks then they'll get sank then then you know then there's then there's a process in place to hopefully hopefully get them sanctioned so exactly and i i don't i don't want to sound like i'm only knocking the uci because i'm not i'm just really angry about i'm really and it's difficult as well when you're someone who's working in an organization who's passionate about improving things and has worked to get the new ethics code in place and Mm. blah 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 it must be very very frustrating for them to be to be um you know to be to be to hear people criticizing them because no one did it in the past because you know i wasn't there in the past you know it's it's so i'm not so i'm you know i completely get that it's that that you know it's it's you know congratulations to people but equally i think they'd probably also understand where someone like my frustrations would come from do you know what i mean yeah like it's not it's not it's not your fault tracy gaudry that's that before you were around the UCI, this is how this is how it dealt with it. But I'm sure Tracy Gordry, you can understand that I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit yeah, I'm a bit well, frustrated. I mean, it, it's to take a way more benevolent variation of the same basic thing. It's that thing of coverage. We have way more video available of races than we did five years ago. We still don't have enough live coverage. Like that's the thing. You can you can accept that there was an imperfect pass. That doesn't change the fact that we need to be a fuckload better. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, moving on to more cheerful topics. Um... Actually, there is a really good segue. There is a good segue um, in there, um, which is, the segue is, talking about coverage is something that was mentioned in the Ella Secret Pro Diary. <laughs> right. Uh, if you don't know it, Ella Cycling Tips have a male secret pro in inverted. I, I well, we'll come on to why we have it in inverted uh. commas column, and they have a female secret pro. <laughs> Which I, I don't get me wrong. I love Ella, and they do a lot of great work. But good God, that pun makes me roll my eyes so hard. See, I thought it was an Australian thing. No. Well, maybe it is. I, I mean, look, we, it's well established that I am not representative of Australia. So, you know. So the conceit of the secret pro is that it's one rider writing secrets of the peloton. Yeah, like now, all the, the inside the... stories and, and, you know, the secret information or the, you know, we were chatting in the peloton and so-and-so said this funny joke and blah, blah, blah. And, and... This is what we really think about these races, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. exactly. Now... This column has I... none of that. <laughs> none. So... This could, have been written, this could have been written by a 14-year-old kid doing a high school report on, on the Australian races who just did a quick Google search. Like... It, 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 it's surprising because, you know, the things that they're saying is... I suppose the interesting thing is that if you didn't know... If you'd, never heard of, if you'd never heard of the Australian cycling races, then, yeah, this would be, like, a, an easy enough sort of intro, I suppose, but, like... Yeah, I mean, they talk, about, they talk about things like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's really surprising. Um, now, the, the other thing is, is I have long suspected I know who the secret pro is. I think it's a, a pe- more than one person writing it together, having a laugh. I think they're going to be... There's at least one Australian involved. Um... In this column, they spend an awful lot of time going over. I was only in Australia for the races. I'm not Australian at all. In no way am I Australian. Well, yeah, but then then they almost totally, like, that's bad enough, but then they almost totally ruin it by, you know, just blithely segueing into talking about nationals (laughs) as if they're going to be racing it. It's like, don't remember, you're not supposed to be Australian. Don't pretend you were in the race. Oh, my God. No, no, no. They do it by going, yes. And then because my teammates, my Australian teammates have been telling me about nationals, um, it's just it's hilarious. I mean, it is a lady doth protest too much, me thinks. But it just read to me like it was an Australian with someone having gone through with a you know, edited it to try yeah. and take out any Aussie, oh, as, no, any no, Aussie no. stuff. It, 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 look, it's not, it's not Ocker, as in, g'day, mate, how's it going? But it's, <laughs> it's still super Aussie. It's, you know, it, it, it reads, there's like two paragraphs in the whole thing that don't read as, as pure Aussie tone. So either, either it's been completely rewritten by an Australian editor which eh, possible but well, that's unlikely. your theory about the secret pro isn't it you you, yeah. you had a theory no no well that's that's that... my theory and look to be fair that's partly my theory because if i were an editor of this site and doing something like that that's what i would do to to help mask it is i would get them to write their column and then i would completely rewrite it so that it, it sounded less like them but you also have a theory about who the secret pro is don't you well, yeah, I, well, for a start, I don't really think it's a pro at all. I think it's just someone who talks to a lot of pros. <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan, just, Dan's just cobbles together all the, all the bits and pieces that they hear from different people. 
I mean, this, yeah. this is basically, I mean, and I know it's meant to be this, so it's it's part of the joke, but this is basically meant to be the gossip girl of the, the Peloton, you know, XOXO. So, you know, except apparently without the gossip, so... I mean, no, I mean, I do enjoy it. It's not. I'm. Not, I'm. 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 I'm laughing. I'm. I'm. I'm teasing them, but I'm. I'm. You know, I'm criticizing them, but I. I. I like. You know, I enjoy it. It's fun. It's. It's just. It's just. A. It's definitely an Australian. Yeah. B. If it's actually a person. C. Uh, you know, see, I, I, yeah, it's not really secrets that it's not really secrets that the national championships being on the same course for every, you know, every yeah. year for ten years is an issue for certain kind of riders, you know, and it's it's not really a secret that that some people are really happy. Some people think we should be happy with what we've got in terms of TV yeah. coverage, and other, but but actually it's shit, and we should improve things. I, I mean, good God, it, it's just, uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Read it and tell us what you think. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. While we're speaking of cheerful things, um, I saw a brief Daily Mail piece saying that um, the oh. British Cycling covered up uh, the oh. Post London report. Oh yeah. So, uh, 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 so yeah. Sport England is the national governing body of sports in Britain, as the name as in, in England, as the name suggests, and they did a report into. Uh, a, a report that was supposed to be the post 2012 report post London 2012 report into British cycling about issues of bullying and um, bullying and harassment and and, and um, bad behavior about riders. Um, it's been they get British cycling get 30 million pounds over the last money. Olympic cycle. That's over yeah. four years, but still. Um, and. UK Sport, basically, the, the, the Daily Mail stories that UK Sport claim to have been led astray by a heavily diluted version of the internal report British Cycling commissioned after 2012, yeah? And so the story isn't that there's been harassment and, and bullying allegations. The story is that they also lied to British Sport, who gave them £30 million. I just need to keep stressing that, because that puts a different flavour. £30 yeah, million! Yeah. Yeah, thirty that's, million pounds, that, that's and they what still they call, have a women's. That's what they call real money, you know. Like that's, yeah. so, riders that's, that's in enough to buy a house in Sydney. So, <laughs> oh, what you mean is that is that what your your Bondi Beach apartment costs? Um, like I said, I couldn't move into Bondi. It's full of British people. Okay, where would where would you live in Sydney if you had if oh, you had no, if, if, if I had if I had access to the British cycling budget, I wouldn't live in Sydney. No, <laughs> I'd go somewhere good. <laughs> See, this is the thing: is like everyone sees the pictures of Sydney Harbour and and whatever. And don't get me wrong; it's stunningly beautiful. It's just in the context of Australia, it's our most ugly city. Like that's that's what we do. We everything here is camouflage. We put Bondi Beach is one of our worst beaches, and we distract you with it so that all the good beaches are still free for us. <laughs> so, getting back to this. Yes. Um. So they say. So Liz Nicole, the chief executive of UK Sports, says. We were aware of the report, but had no knowledge of the significance of it. What we received from British Cycling was a summary and did not raise any alarm bells at all. When asked if she thought British Cycling had conducted a cover-up, Nicole nodded vigorously. It wasn't representative. There's a complete lack of transparency. That's a a relationship that's not acceptable. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, we did wonder why the UK, why the British Cycling chief executive resigned um, a week (laughs) or two ago. Now we know. Now we know. Exactly. So, wow. Um... But 
you know, uh, I mean, again, I guess it's good that this stuff is coming out, but well, you know. this is this report. This report was 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 finished in November 2012. It was in July 2016 that the top brass at UK Sport got their hands on it. Yep. And it's been, and they started a review of it, and the publication was delayed to give those criticised time to respond. So God knows when it's actually going to be coming. <laughs> Okay. Whereas, whereas, where it's going to be coming out. So you know. So basically, the, there's a there's a procedure where individuals criticised in the report are given the chance to re- read relevant sections and object to finding before a final version is published. Okay, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So the final report may not. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. so God knows when it actually is going to come out. It might come out before the next Olympics. Who knows? It's a race. We'll find out. Yeah. Uh, moving on to more fun things, though. We're up to round two of the um, the kit vote. Yeah, this is the honesty. This is the last thing we'll talk about. I do an annual kit vote, and I've got to tell you, I've got an ulterior motive for doing it. Which is what? To get free kit? No, God, no. None <laughs> of these kits would fit me, Dan. You've met me. Um, my ulterior motive is to raise awareness of amazing cycling teams and point people at how they can buy team kits and share stuff about teams. And also, you know, I there is a genuine thing about some teams don't engage with it at all. Yeah, if you were Sunweb or Orica, you'd look at this and you'd look at my 8,000 followers and you'd say, Twitter followers, and you'd say, <laughs> small potatoes not dealing with this, yeah? Other teams go, you know what we can do with this? We can, we can use this to demonstrate to our sponsors our reach. Yep. And, and, and that is why and our engagement with our fans and and also have some fun along the way and that's why tipco won basically the elite (laughs) because they went on a slightly bonkers crazy campaign to win that included giving people a 10 percent off buying their kit this year if they even told them that they voted for them um they they had you know when you're looking at where your referrals have come from and you see where it's come from email clients yep (laughs) Yep. But you know what? Every vote counts and hey, it's all fun and it's all good. And and like you say, you know, the thing is hopefully that um you know, people go through and spot a few other teams and learn a bit more about the sport. Yes. All yes. That sort of yes. Stuff. yes. So that's, so, that's so part some of people... why I love this second part of the thing. You know, like the first post was, you know, like the top twenty teams that get automatic invites to to world tour races and all that sort of stuff and the the higher profile teams there are some well-known teams in this second post but there's also a lot of teams from you know like domestic level competitions and stuff like that as well and so it's a great opportunity for people in all parts of the world to learn more about teams that are a little closer to home as well yeah and that's the aim and it's also about teams that um, are doing interesting things so for example mm. the canberra team the uh, cbr cycling yep. um they have they they race national series mountain bike and road but they also have an associate program for women who have just started racing to try and help them to get to the national team level yeah um the fantastic uh, Trek Fondo team, who I love, who have always have amazing kits. They're they're sponsored by Fondo, who are an Australian uh, women's cycling kit manufacturer, um, and they do race rides in Melbourne every um, twice a month for people. For, for you know, one is a very flat, gentle ride for people who are you know new to riding in a bunch, and one is a climbing ride. You know, yep, yep. 
you've got the Amy Dombrowski Foundation is, is in there. And the Amy D Foundation, Foundation, Foundation was named after Amy Dombrowski, who was killed when she, a, a driver hit her with a car when she was out training. Yeah. And she tragically died. And the Amy Dombrowski Foundation is using her memory to raise money to help basically help more women in america get to do what amy loved which was riding her bike and so they have a team that basically takes development riders um and allows them to ride with riders from pro teams whose teams aren't racing in the usa so say for example you want to ride the tour of the gila which is a fantastic american race but your team's not even in america at the moment you know you're you're over there you're not due to come to europe till the giro or something so the Amy Dombrowski found, and this is what Mara Abbott did for last year, for example, so the Amy Dombrowski Foundation will send a team where you, Mara Abbott, can ride alongside development riders. You get to ride. They get to ride with you and to learn from you, and they get to race, and it's fantastic. You know, yeah. so so there's there's, there's there's all these kind of weird different different things that different teams do, and you know, I love I love it. So absolutely, yeah. So do check out the post on our website prowomenscycling.com <laughs> and and um you know vote for your favorite i don't know what sarah thinks but i'm a big fan of the specialized women's racing uh, which is a an australian national road series team um their kit i actually really like that one the plum bums yeah but it's got all the like um i don't know stylistic paint splotch things on it that look cool i like it so. You know which you know which my favorite is though, don't you? Um, well, yeah, you like that weird LA throwback '80s thing, don't you? I like the LA Sweat. Yeah, um, yeah. Who are a who are in a who are an LA based team? Every year that they've been out, they've done bonkers kits, and their um their 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 2017 jersey is basically looks like a proper feeler tracksuit from the 19 from the from 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 the 1980s. I I. You know, it just takes me back to being a teenager in London and yeah. seeing this kind of urban. No, I can, uh, I can uh, totally know, believe that. I urban can... sports, sports where you know, just, just, yeah. it's, it's just they, you know, they, they're just, they're one of those teams. They just, it just makes me feel like you know, a little bit. It's got that edge All of right. you know, because but, sports but then, where I was in hip hop videos and you sure, know, and, but I, and have, I have, I have a couple of things to say in response to that. Right, one, um, I'm very confused by why a team called LA Sweat had their preseason party in Portland. They haven't launched yet. Yeah, but like Portland's in a whole other state from LA. Like and and like the far side. Like it's not even a near state. It's a long way it's away. It's on the same it's on the same it's on the same coast. Come on. Yeah, in the same time zone doesn't really matter. Like, You're Australian. It's like going to Melbourne. Well that's my from second Sydney. point is that this is why I don't really have uh, that sort of nostalgic connection to that kit that you do is that I'm from Australia. It's literally never been cold enough here to need that. So there's no <laughs> there's no nostalgia for those outfits because it's too bloody hot to wear. Yeah. So. No. Now there are a lot of kits. So, so one of the things is, is that if you're a smaller team, these are all smaller teams. Um, apart from your United Healthcare, I'd argue, um, they're all smaller teams. So a lot of them haven't had their team launch yet. So yep. that we don't have the LA. So there's a lot of kits like the Illuminate team, which has a completely pure black kit with no logos on it, wow. just like flashes of colour, which is gorgeous. Um, 
and there's other teams like the matrix matrix pro cycling who i don't know i don't have a clue what their kit will look like this year but they always have really exciting interesting design and colors and they're the kit they're the team that basically other people follow yeah um in terms in terms of design and so what i'm going to do is put out a um a, a post full of of other you know in a in the beginning of april these are teams who've had their their team launch later have a look and see what you like and yeah. more most importantly if you like here's where you can buy stuff to support the teams because Absolutely. you know like rocking up at a race for a rider and seeing seeing a fan in like your team cap is a great feeling so yeah <laughs> Awesome. Um, look, thank you very much for listening. Um, and we will be back next week, of course, to talk about everything Omloop and Tiltvinger and and whatever else we happen to find and discover. In the meantime, if you would like to talk to us, um, don't. But if you really must... No, please do! If you really must, you can get a hold of Sarah on Twitter at PWCycling. Uh, you can get me at Dan W Official, and of course, as always, I encourage you to go to patreon.com slash women's cycling and uh, sign up to make a small contribution to help keep Sarah in tea and biscuits so that she can keep us all informed. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and have a lovely day. Enjoy the classics. It's going to be amazing. Bye. <laughs>